Welcome to Nice to Have a Friend. I'm Lauren. And I'm Allison. We're friends from college who crave the feeling of quality time with good people. This podcast was created to celebrate the simple feeling of friendship, and each episode is a virtual hangout session to share with all of you. This week, we're focusing on one of our collective interests that we love the most, and that is books. So get ready for book club episode number one. Okay, from the title of this episode, you're going to either be really excited or really not, but... We can all unite around the common thread of loving something so much that you want to have a whole entire podcast episode about it. And for that topic, it is reading. For I, me I really like that you're already setting the listeners' expectations really, really low. Just it's like, hey guys, if you don't like books, you're not going to want to hang out with us today. Which Maybe I don't think will. is true. No, I don't think that's true. I think this is going to be more a recap of who Allison and I are as children and people, like who we were as children and how it's kind of like shaped who we are today and how yeah. we're, how we like these niche things like books which are not that niche a lot of people like books but it's a little bit off the beaten path of like normal entertainment I guess it's a little bit more of an introvert's night in except Lauren's not really an introvert but it's my kind of when I can't stand being around people anymore and I just need an excuse to be alone in my room I just say hey I'm gonna go read um to which (laughs) I get a nerd from Zari every now and then, but I think it's funny, so I don't really care. But yes, Lauren and I are going to spend some time today talking about books. This book club episode is not specifically about one book, so don't worry, you didn't miss some meeting where we sat down and discussed a book we were going to read. Everyone read this book. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) we're not doing that, that. but instead we're going to do pretty much a comprehensive overview about what we like about reading, our favorite kind of themes in books and how we like to where we like to read and then what kinds of things we like to read as well yeah where did your love of reading begin lauren like have you always liked to read or has this been a new adult pastime that you have picked up in recent years always my mom is a huge reader and like in february i read six books and i texted my mom and i said i read six books in february and she was like that's it because she can literally read like one book every two days basically so She's always been that way. She collected James Patterson books since I can remember. She had so many. And I just, like, got that love of reading for her from her. And then I think my very first really, like, whoa, I love reading was with the American Girl books. I had every single doll's book. You know, even if I didn't have that doll, I would just become obsessed with the doll when I was reading their series Mm -hmm. of books. Those were great, by the way. Who was your favorite? My favorite book that I remember, honestly, which is so random, but I loved Kaya's book. I don't think I know which one that is. You haven't read that one? I don't think so. The Native American? Oh, no. I don't think I... Maybe not. Okay. Well, anyways, I had a phase. It was, like was a, yours? it was like a year phase. Molly, because yeah, we'll go over when this. Her hair was Allison's wet. obsessed with World War Two, and then Addie. I loved both of them. Yeah. Also, I loved Junie B. Jones and Ramona and Beezus. I got slowly into those too, um, and my mom would literally ground me from reading, which sounds crazy to say. What? But I didn't enjoy watching TV or movies or playing with like electronics or other things as much as I loved reading. So she didn't have to worry about me becoming, you know, a good enough reader. So she was like, I'm grounding you from this book this week because (laughs) all I would do was read and I wouldn't do like chores or anything. Like I would just read and read and read. 
which is basically what I still do. And yeah. my mom's not here to ground me for it. So, but what about you? I was kind of always the same way because my mom was a big reader. And my dad is too, but he's not as... My mom reads like yours does. Every like, day. All the time. Um, but Lauren, where she reads six books a month, I'm not like that. I will read like three books in one month and then I don't read again for two months, which is exactly the, the theme that I have followed this year. I read three in January and then I didn't read another one until I finished one last Monday. So, um, but I always read when my brother played baseball because he played baseball growing up so it was like I always had a book in my backpack my mom has pictures of me reading behind the dugout not watching games growing up that they think are so funny but I think I always just felt like reading was a fun challenge as goofy as that's gonna sound because I'm such a goal-oriented person that it's kind of fun to be like I'm gonna finish this book by this day and I remember being in the second grade and did you have AR reading points when you're in elementary school we did for like the first few years that I was Mm -hmm. in elementary school and then I swear they stopped it halfway through for some reason well I was super into that when I graduated elementary school I was like the fourth highest in our grade of people it was like me and three uh, guys in my grade that we were all friends but we all we're like competing to see who would win um but in the second grade I read a book called Dragon Rider by Cornelia Funk and I it was like a 500 page book and so in second grade that's like a big deal and I remember finishing it and then my friend Walker was like I bet you can't get all 20 out of 20 on the AR reading quiz so I had like three people watching me take that (laughs) quiz and I got a 20 out of 20 and guys I've never had such a performance high like I thought that was so much fun so I think the challenge of reading and trying to learn new things or at least just staying up and reading something it just feels like you're accomplishing something which I really really enjoy and so that's kind of how I am now um I like I said it's kind of a I'll cycle through reading something where I feel like I learned something and then feeling like I'm having a philosophical discussion and then reading something fantasy that's not real life so that I'm not thinking too much um but that cycle probably just shows you that I think a lot about how I read obviously but yeah it's always been something I loved I had this phase from like high school through college where I didn't want to read because I'm sure a lot of you probably have experienced the same thing whether you hate reading or you like to where the stuff you had to read in high school was just so weird we had to read so many things that ended with just these tragic terrible awful life is terrible stuff oh no it was like brave new world and uh oh shoot what are some other ones that i hate brave new world handmaid's tale like things like that where it's just like very dark and i just hated it so it took me until I went to Disney to work that I started reading again because I would read like two pages a night and then fall asleep because I was so tired. And so I had this mini crisis when I came back from reading to like, I skipped all these years of young adult yeah, and, and so now I'm like 20. So I don't know what do I read young adult? Do I read adult? But now I'm at this point where I know what I like to read. So I don't feel like I have to like fit into a box anymore. And that makes reading so much more fun when you're like, I know what I like to read. I'm going to pick this up and I'm going to enjoy it like an old movie. Yeah. I get that. I quit reading in college too until the summer between my junior and senior year. I read a lot um, because I was Mm -hmm. only working, I think, 20 hours a week the whole summer, which was the least like I had worked, you know, any summer. And I wasn't taking class or anything. So it was just so nice to get back into reading again. And that kind of spurred me to read a little bit throughout the year again. But it's still just so hard to read when you have to read all this just uninteresting stuff for school, like you said. And then 
I really didn't read for the first few months after I graduated because because of the pandemic, I think my attention span was a lot different for a couple months. And just the thought of reading for more than two minutes, I could not handle it. And I wanted to just watch TV, play Animal Crossing in those early <laughs> months. Um, but now I am fully invested in reading i read all the time like every single day Mm -hmm. and i'm obsessed lauren has this regimen where she will read every night before she goes to bed whereas like when i try to do that sometimes i can make it five pages before i fall asleep but she will literally read like 50 to 100 pages and yeah we we have mentioned this before we were in a book club together and i just want to give myself a pat on the back because this month for the first time ever i finished the book first there have been two times how many books we read now like only four and i have not finished two of them before our book club even met it's okay well we went into the book club saying like this is not a strict thing yes like I, one of them, I was like, guys, I'm not reading this. And so then the second one, <laughs> the first time we met, I hadn't finished it. And then I finished it after we met. But the other two, I did finish beforehand. So it's okay. We're not here for perfection, guys, in reading. We're just here to enjoy the yes, love of it. Just show However up. you like to do it. Exactly. Um, Lauren found this nice book tag where Actually, I don't even I know. It. You made this book yeah. tag? Oh my goodness. That's really cool. You should I'm share this. So Is this on your blog? No, but I will. You should put it on your blog and then people can go and like do your book tag. I'm actually amazing and I just don't give myself enough credit. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Just joking. Okay. Anyway, Lauren created a book tag and we're going to go through and talk about this today. It's going to have some fun little twists and turns. It's not going to have any twists and turns. This is not a mystery novel. (laughs) Sorry, guys. Uh, I'm drinking. I've had two coffees today, and I just feel like whenever we drink two oh, coffees, yeah. like you can tell on the spot. And just in case anyone is wondering, Preston did come in and make lattes because I feel like that's a common theme when we record these together in person. We always mention Preston's like coffee yeah, abilities. So this so. is Preston and Zari have both gotten their shoutouts in yes. this episode. So that now it's time all. to move on. <laughs> okay, guys. So for our first question in the book tag, it is what is? Oh, well, we already did our first one, which is what is your reading history and reading interests. But for our second one. How do you feel about dog earring books? How do you hold your place? I put this one first because I think it just sums up kind of who you are as a reader. I Mm -hmm. feel like there are those who use a dog ear and those who use a bookmark or the book sleeve or something. I just think it says so much about you as a person. So Mm -hmm. we neither one of us dog ear books, right? Okay, here's the thing. If I'm in a bind and I don't have a way that if I want to mark something, I will. But I'll only do it like a little bit so that I can go back and find it. And then I'll like the tiniest corner. But no, I don't do that to keep my place. I just do it if I really need to remember something and I don't have a pencil or something nearby to like make a mark. I did it when I was younger, especially when I would just, because there were so many Junie B. Jones books. They all just not, they didn't feel like highly valuable to me because they were, you know, $2, $3 each because they were tiny. So I would do it then. But as I grew up and read books that held more value to me, I thought, oh my gosh, I could never dog ear this. And often the way that I hold my place is I read a lot of hardback books actually for some reason I always put the book sleeve that it comes in like in the place oh like you take it off of the book yeah oh so you take the book sleeve off when you read a hardback book it just depends honestly sometimes I will keep the book sleeve on and just take the cover and if I'm towards the front half of the book I'll put the the front front cover in there and then if I'm towards the back 
it's kind of hard to explain, but you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Like, you, if you're in the first half of the book, yeah. you'll take the first front half. And so I keep the sleeve then, on. Yes. Okay. But I know some people take the sleeve off when they read. I do think that hardback books are almost prettier when you take the sleeve yeah. off. But Especially for cleanliness purposes, one. I like to keep the sleeve on yeah. so that if I drop water or something, it doesn't yeah. get on the book. I do the same thing if I read a hardback, but I guess I just use a bookmark if it's a paperback. Because yeah. I think paperbacks, I don't want to mess them up. I try to keep them as pretty as possible. So I usually yeah, just use it's kind of more of a satisfying thing if you can keep it intact. But if you are a book of the month subscriber and you haven't taken off the book sleeve yet, you should. And we didn't know this for the first couple of like months. I feel like mm-hmm. that we did book of the month, but it's actually embossed with book of the month, October 2020 or something on it, which I think is so special and like an extra step that they really didn't have to do. Oh yeah. And if you're not someone who knows like, what is she talking about? There is a company called book of the month club. Um, our podcast, not our podcast, our book club group. There's four of us. I'm the only one that's not but your mom is subscribed to it. it, but my mom, I got it for her for Christmas because Lauren and our friends, Katie and Sarah love it. Um, and my mom actually bought the year plan cause she yeah. liked it. So she ended up getting I got the year it for plan. my mother-in-law and I really think that she'll keep it. Yeah. But essentially they pick five books each month that are like new and upcoming authors in, in, in different each genres five genres that are really yeah. big and then you your subscription you pay what fifteen dollars and you yeah. get one of the books but it's like those books would normally be thirty dollars at yeah. a bookstore so you're getting it cheaper but then you're getting it before it's like they're, they're books people really want so yeah. our book club really loves that so that's why we, she mentioned the book of the month yeah. club thing it's amazing so if you like to read and you're listening to this episode and you haven't heard about it you should go check it out Definitely. um we're not sponsored or anything she just <laughs> just wanted to tell you that um now you did say dog earring books which i know i feel like people are just like shame on people who dog ear books i genuinely don't care that much but how do you feel about annotating books because i oh. will annotate books especially if it's something i want to keep like if it's a christian book or yeah. like um like a faith book or something about the enneagram like i will annotate things and take notes or if it's a book like we just finished reading the four winds by Kristen hannah for our book club and there was a quote in it that i loved like it made me tear up and I took a picture of it so that I could go back and underline it. Because it's like, I want to remember things that about, stick like, to me. Was it about love remains when there is nothing? Love is no. what happens when there's nothing else? Basically, it was a quote about, um, this doesn't really ruin anything about the book, but one of the key factors about the protagonist is that people her whole life while she was growing up told her that she, she was wasn't ugly. pretty. And so she just kind of walked around with this underlying insecurity her whole life about like nobody's gonna love me I'm not pretty which I think a lot of girls unfortunately probably struggle with at some point in their life and so one of her friends later in the book just says um she like can't believe that this guy basically is into her or is like spending time with her and her friend tells her you know the people in your life are a mirror and yes your parents were a mirror but I'm also a mirror to you and I hope you don't forget that and so it was just saying something about how Yes, you can hold those insecurities in your head, but the people who love you the most are also a mirror of the kind of love that you are worthy of receiving. And I thought that was so pretty. That is good. Do you read the last page of the book first? Okay, I'm getting some really judgy eyes from Lauren right now because I told her last week that I do this. So I don't necessarily read the last page of a book first, but when I get a book, I like to look at the last page. Which you can do without reading. And I will sometimes (laughs) read the last sentence because it's almost like a 
I wonder who I'm going to meet before I get here or like what's going to happen before I know who this person's name is that's on this page or whatever. So occasionally that does cause a problem, but not very often. So I don't read like the whole last page, but I'll look at it and I'll look and see how long the book is. And then I'll read the last sentence and then I go start from the front. Well, I do not do this because (laughs) I value surprises above almost anything. It never ruins anything. Like you're not like, even if you read the last Harry Potter book, the last line is always like, what are you going to lose from? that nothing okay okay maybe but no honestly for now hey so while lauren isn't here reading the last page of a book is not weird you should try it sometime it, it really makes it exciting all right lauren the next question in your tag that you created what is your ideal reading setup and can you read in the car okay so i love reading in bed like an hour before night on or <laughs> I love reading <laughs> at night. An Specifically hour an hour before night. The sun has to be Golden approximately hour. 95 degrees down on the horizon. Yeah, I love reading an hour before bed, honestly. And I'll sometimes be like, not want to start. Me and Preston usually watch an hour of TV every night, too. And I'll usually be, like, working on something. But if it ends at 9.30 and it's, like, a 30-minute show and we're like, oh, should we watch another one? I'm always like, no, I think I'm going to go get ready for bed. But I really just want to go get started reading for an hour and a half. Um, But I also love reading on my couch because I have a window, like, right by my couch in the afternoon with a blanket. It is the best. And I actually don't love to read outside a lot. And I think a lot of people do. But I don't like to either. I just feel like I like to be somewhere like private. Ripple. Yeah. yeah, it's just weird. I feel like it's uncomfortable to sit on the ground or lay on the ground. And I can read in the car upside down, like backwards and not worry about motion sickness at Same. all. Me too. And I didn't realize what a privilege it is to it not is. have motion sickness yeah. until college because I really didn't know people. And I think part of that is... In Chattanooga, Tennessee, where I'm from, a lot of people live on mountains, and so I was used to, like, driving up or, like, up and down through valleys and, like, going to people's houses on mountains. Like, I don't know if that had anything to do with it, but it's just, like, I didn't have any problem in the car reading. I would read most of the time in the car when I was little because I'm not I have never been good about sitting still to do something until I got older and I've started working out and doing things because I know that it helps me be still and so reading in the car when I was little was always like I can't do anything else so I might as well read Read. Um, but now I'm kind of like you my favorite way to read is one either after I'm worked I've worked out and I'm so tired that I can actually sit and want to be still and read a book or it's late at night when no one else is awake and I'm reading and it's dark and it's quiet and no one's yeah. gonna come bother me that's my favorite time to read and usually I don't get super far because I'll fall asleep but I know um I love Preston so much and he is always so interested about everything that I do but I'll be reading in the middle of reading and he'll be like what's your book about and I'm like I love you but I it's so aggravating sometimes because I'll be like I cannot take a break from reading right now to explain this because I'm so caught up in the storyline but I love that he asks see being someone who grew up reading at baseball fields I hated absolutely hated when people walk up and be like what's your book about what are you reading I'm like I hate answering that question I I don't know why I get so defensive I'm like I don't want to tell you what I'm reading because you're gonna be judgmental about it and it was this is the phase when I'm reading like the Hunger Games and Twilight I'm like how am I supposed to 
tell you that I'm reading about vampire love. I don't really know what I'm supposed to tell you. <laughs> I know. It can be kind of embarrassing. I don't, and it's just too hard to explain, especially the books that I've been reading lately, like The Four Winds. How do you sum that up in like 30 <laughs> seconds? It's about was, the Great Depression. I was on a walk on Wednesday. Um, every now and then, being in the office where we are, we're on campus at UT. And so we'll every now and then go walk to Starbucks because sometimes when you're just editing at a computer all day, you really need to walk away from it and like let your brain get a creative yeah. jog. And so we were walking and we came back and it had just rained. So there's green grass coming in now because it's spring. And this book is like talking about how they lived in the dust bowl and all this stuff. And I said, guys, I don't mean to be a downer, but I just read a book about the Great Depression. And like, I'm so grateful for green grass. And the three of them were like, oh, okay. And then we started talking about books. But I was like, yeah, it's really fun when you're like, hey, guys, super fun. I'm reading about the dust bowl. And that's why we should all really be grateful for this grass right now. I felt the same way when we read the book set in um, Ireland. Was Mm -hmm. that where the guest list was set or was it? Yeah, it's on like an island in Ireland. Yes, it's Ireland. Okay, okay. Because we had Irish-themed food because you guys are really extra when we bake for our book club and it was all Irish-themed. Yes, and then Mm -hmm. this most recent one was English food. Okay, well, I was talking about how like people in the time period of like – before it was modernized would die from like only eating potatoes and dysentery and all that stuff and I remember somebody was like how do you know that and I was like well I'm actually reading Outlander right now and they're like going through the (laughs) potato famine like so I do love that you know fictional books can teach you something and like make you appreciate new things also Outlander was a clue on Jeopardy this week oh my gosh did the person get it Yes, because the clue was something about, like, in this book, Claire, it, the sequel, Dragonfly and Amber, to this book, Claire's trying to find what happened to Jamie in the yeah. 1760s or whatever. And I was like, hey, I know. And it was Outlander. Yeah. That's cool. Okay. for Oh, also BTS was a clue. Again, second time in, like, a month. <gasps> Super exciting. Okay, next question. What is your favorite genre to read? This is hard. I think historical fiction, probably, and it really does not matter what you know era i know you are specifically drawn to one specific era and place <laughs> <laughs> if you're a frequent listener you know what else this is gonna be i don't know why that's so funny to me but <laughs> mine is historical fiction um most specifically i love historical fiction when there's an element of romance so i'm gonna like give this example so Kristen hannah has three really popular books she has a lot of books but three that are really popular she has um the Great Alone, The Nightingale, and The Four Winds. So The Great Alone is my favorite because it talks about the love between the two main characters because they want to be together. The other one talks about love between sisters, and then the other one talks about love between a mom and a daughter. But my absolute favorite is The Great Alone because it's the romantic love and not the other kind of love. So mm-hmm. I think that is a good example of my favorite kind of historical um fiction but I know yours Allison are are you gonna surprise me with something else well no I mean it's not really that much of a surprise if you do listen you know that I have an affinity for World War II specifically I joke that it's war-torn France not really but I just (laughs) like things that are set in Europe during World War II because I feel like growing up when you're in history classes and stuff like World War II seemed like this like I don't want to say this and it sounds like I'm being insensitive, but it sounded like this great conquest and like America, the U.S. Patriotic. Like we, we banded together and like women went to work yeah. and like all this stuff. But we were so far removed from the actual battle it's part. It's kind of been glorified yes. in American And history. so I think something about reading how 
people went from like thinking this wasn't going to be a big deal to actually having to be in the thick of it and realizing just how tragic it was but then coming together through that yeah. suffering and finding hope but I think something about that is really fascinating so even though I joke about liking that it's because I think realistically life yeah. is really hard and when you have books that talk about that but then talk about how you find the good to keep going I love reading about that but then I have to balance that out because a lot of those books are like very sad and depressing or yeah. like they tear your heart out so then afterwards I like to read fantasy so or like things that are magical whatever like I'm reading a book right now called The Darker Shade of Magic by V.E. Schwab which I'm not sure if that's technically young adult or if it's like new adult or whatever but um I've just seen it recommended a lot across young adult booktube channels and I'm like you know what this would be a great one after reading The Four Winds by Kristen Hanna where I cried the whole last 50 pages so um I I kind of like balancing between those two and then sometimes I just like to read biographies or memoirs from people that I really admire because I feel like I learned something yeah so those are my favorite kind of things to read so kind of segueing off of that topic what are your favorite book tropes or themes that you're a sucker for now I have some like very oddly specific ones because if I read this in a summary of a book I'm like oh I'm in so the first one is parodies of real life things so one of my examples that I put down which one like one to watch yes exactly so two examples i have for that i'm glad you said that because my examples uh, are probably not super well known but one is called my lady jane and it is a spin-off of like the tudor family from like the 1500s and it's henry the eighth's kids and then there's like elements of magic but they make fun of modern things and it is so funny it's a young adult book but it's one of my favorite books that i've ever read i want to read that and then i'll have to give it to you i have it at home i can bring it since you're letting me borrow twilight so i can reread it oh <laughs> gee guys I know I don't want to reread it either, but I'm doing it for the sake of the book club. I did suggest you, it. But. <laughs> okay, Allison, quit trying to be on your high horse. You have been asking to borrow that book long before you suggested it for the book club. So quit trying to be just so trying to cover my tracks. And you're reading. I'm trying to cover my tracks. This podcast is live right now. <laughs> Okay, okay. The other parody was One to Watch by Kate Stamen London, which I recommended on the podcast a couple months ago, but it is a Bachelor spoof, and it is super good as well. Then, my one of my other ones, World War II, <laughs> War-Torn France, like the Nightingale... Um, why what is this abbreviation that i wrote down oh all, all the light. light we cannot see <laughs> guys i can't read my own notes it's like atlwcs <laughs> and then the huntress was also a really good one by kate quinn and that one is it's told through three perspectives but one is someone who's actually like fighting in world war ii and then the other two are people doing flashbacks after so that one's really good and then i'm a sucker for magical schools and love competitions like harry potter and the selection series by kira cass something about that when they're uh, like the whole enemies to lovers thing where it's like oh i'm only here so i can make money for my family i actually hate you and then they end up like getting together i love that kind of stuff i love the selection series too oh it's such a good book it was supposed to be movies and it still hasn't turned into movies. i know i remember that actually maybe one Ugh. day maybe one day we'll get those okay so mine would definitely be any element of romance and i kind of like when it's you know either forbidden love or they hate each other at first or they can't be together but then I don't want it to be drawn out too long I always want them to like come together in the end and quit being idiots so not Um, like Romeo and Juliet where they both die yeah I want it to have like a good ending still like where they fall in love not too late in the book and like we get some kind of glimpse into what their life together is like and then also any I'm looking at my goodreads like recently read list Mm -hmm. to recognize some common themes any 
element that has to do with like British aristocracy oh, or yeah. royal family or even if it's like about Viscounts and Dowager and like any it doesn't even have to be about like a king, queen, royal family thing, just anything to do with that. Like I love Jane Eyre, Pride and Prejudice, all mm-hmm. of that stuff because I love learning and reading about like the aristocracy. I don't know. And then I honestly really like like short, easy murder thrillers that involve like a woman like the the guest list yeah the guest list was yes and the seven and a half deaths of evelyn hardcastle is one that i would really recommend for that it wasn't as much of just a quick like easy read it was a little bit more in depth but oh my gosh that's on my list i think that one's up next it's so good after twilight all right our next question is who is your favorite author so just up until like a few years ago, a few months ago, I would have been like, oh, J.K. Rowling. But honestly, Kristen Hanna now is my favorite author. Just any time that I see her come out with a new book, I know immediately I have to buy that book. And that's never really happened for me. And even with J.K. Rowling now, she's released other books and I'm just like, I don't really care anymore. So definitely Kristen Hanna. And I'm trying to think if there's anybody else who I just continuously go back to, but I really just think it's her. Yeah. What about you? I would say now Kristen Hanna's on my radar after I've read a couple of her books now and I really like them. But I'm not really someone that has a favorite author. But I guess I have people where it's like, oh, they released a book. I might check it out. So if you like historical fiction, I definitely would say Kristen Hanna. Um, Kate Quinn is another good one. I've read at least two of her books. um, And they're very well written. Kind of like Kristen Hanna's. They're very... Hers are a little different because I feel like Kristen Hanna's are focused on like one family where Kate Quinn's will shift perspectives between like a couple of people. So if you don't like that, you might not like them as much. It's hard to think because I'm not someone that goes just on author alone. But if I like someone, I'll pick up their book again. So that's probably not super helpful. I just (laughs) remembered another one that I will always read. Leanne Moriarty. She wrote Big Little Lies, um, The Husband's Secret, Nine Perfect Strangers. If she comes out with a book, I'm reading it. So, but I also think this is a good point. This is a good time to point out that I almost have gotten so addicted to the book clubs that celebrities have started, like Reese Mm -hmm. Witherspoon's, Jenna Bush Bush Hager's, and like now I'll just read whoever they recommend. Okay, for our next one, what is your favorite and least favorite book genre? Okay, so my least favorite. Wait, oh, we we already already did favorite. No, but we didn't do least favorite. Okay, well, my least favorite that I've just gotten so snobby about almost is like the beach read category I think that's basically its own genre and I know that they're like genres within that category but I have gotten so snobby almost about it which I hate to say not that I'm going to judge anybody for reading it at all I'm the number one advocate for people reading whatever they like but I am so quick to judge a book kind of like I am to judge a movie and I'll usually finish the book and I'm always just like this is so vapid. I get that. And it's just like I've read too many really profound and deep and well-written mm-hmm. books at this point in my reading life to really enjoy. I can just spot it so easy when a storyline is super cheesy or not well written out. 
Yeah. So I don't know exactly what genre to call that, but I don't know. That's my answer. I get that because my mom is one of those people that reads everything. So like she'll Anything. read really thought-provoking. She'll read crazy mystery, murder. Me too, like, to a degree. Thriller. And then she'll read she'll read those beach B-trees. reads occasionally. And she'll she's recommended them to me in the past when I was struggling to like get back into reading. But I've told her, I'm like, for me, I get that some people like to not think when they read. So something simple like that yeah. is nice. I am one of those people that I, if I'm not in, invested, I'm going to get bored and I, like I just won't finish mix, it. But so it has to be nice. I get that. But I think the way that I classify it is a like contemporary romance comedy thing. Yeah. Because one example I can think of is One Day in December, which was a Reese's Book Club pick. Yeah. And so many people love that book. I had to stop reading it like 20% of the way through. I just could not get into it. And I think it's just because if it's just like if it doesn't have an interesting element to the romance to it, I just get bored. And I don't, and that's not that there's anything wrong with those books. It's just with me, I get bored and I just don't want to stay invested in it. So those are probably the ones that I just don't tend to pick up. It would have to have like an interesting element to it. If it's just a contemporary romance for me to want to read it. Yeah. You may not like this time next year then. No, I I think it's by the same person. Yeah. So, but I also forgot to say, I love young adult books. Like I really do. I'll still read them. One of us is lying and one of us is next by Karen McManus. I love those, but I dislike them when the dialogue that the authors put in the mouths of teenagers is just so unrealistic. Yeah. And I'm kind of that way with almost any book, not even young adult, but I have to have realistic dialogue. I think there are too many books where the dialogue is just so unbelievably stupid yeah. between the characters. I get that. So that's another thing that I like have least favorite opinions like about. Like am I trying to figure out what category I fit in as far as age reading? I don't read young adult anymore unless it's a fantasy book. Oh, Because okay. I feel like fantasy writers and young adult are writing... Okay, guys, I'm going off on a little bit of a tangent here, but just bear with me. So, like, two summers ago, I was convinced I was going to write a book. Okay, I spent... I literally wrote 50,000 words, not pages. Oh, my gosh. gosh. I wrote 50,000 words of a book because I was, like, so invested in this idea that I have that I'm not going to share because there's a chance I could go back to it in the future if I get patient enough to write a book. Um, But I uh, spent so much time, like, researching how they classify books and... A lot of young adult authors write up because really you're marketing your stuff in young adult to appeal to people that are like 35, but you're also writing it to appeal to kids that are like 15. So some of those things are still really, really good. So I don't let young adults stop me from reading something. And because fantasy is full of a lot of like world building and you really have to think about it, if it's a well-written fantasy book, it can be like very very good kind like the like hunger maximum games ride did you yeah. read those those so i didn't really good. i never got into them but i know a lot of people yeah. that read them my mom you recommended me them. reading them i just never got into them but i'm thinking something even like the hunger games like that's yeah, something that can appeal read, but it's to, young adult yes it can appeal to anyone but it's just really well written so that's one of those things that if i i don't necessarily read young adult either but i'll go to it if it's like a a niche thing like that that's like taking the world by storm and I want to test it out. You just reminded me my absolute, I've told you this before. I don't know why I couldn't think about this, but my absolute least favorite genre of all time, like way I can read those stupid, like rom-com books. My least favorite is dystopian society. Oh, really? (laughs) I thought I told the book club this, but no. Oh my gosh. If anybody ever recommends anything like set in a dystopian world, I probably will be like, guys, can we pick another book? I did not like The Hunger Games. I didn't like the... What was the other what? book? What? Do you like the movie? Not really. I don't like I did not know things. that. Oh my gosh, Lauren. I don't like How dystopian I not know things. That? And 
I think it's because I overthink a lot of things like that. And so The Handmaid's Tale, I always get so freaked out when I watch stuff like that because I think this could happen. So it's almost like dystopian things that could actually happen. I don't care as much if it's a dystopian thing because aliens came to like attack the earth. That doesn't bother me as much. But if it's like we had a really corrupt government and it Mm -hmm. kind of like drove everyone into fending for themselves, I get really freaked out because I'm like, that could happen. So earlier when I read referenced like part of the reason that I hated reading is because of the stuff I had to read in high school so the examples that I picked were Brave New World yeah. and Handmaid's Tale so so many people at my school they loved The Handmaid's Tale when we read it, it it's too dystopian it for freaked me. me out because yeah. it's not so the whole like point of The Handmaid's Tale this is not ruin the book this is just like the theme of it is like if fundamentalist like extreme right-wing conservative Christians basically overtook the government it's written by a woman that is agnostic so it's like a criticism on like yeah but she's talking really about far people right-wing, who are like, living like like it's literally 200 BC yes, instead of basically because the premise of the book is kind of like in the Bible when Abraham um, has a baby with Hagar, his handmaid. It's like yeah, people their like husbands have babies with their handmaids and it's like the wives watch and it's like really weird and then they're just like oppressed and women literally have like no rights and that's basically it so if you've watched the show I never watched it because I was like this book scarred me enough in high school that I didn't want to watch the show I didn't read the Um, book but we watched the show and it scarred me but I will say so at the time that freaked me out because that was one of the first times I read something and I'm like it's creepy to me that people like one could look at like my faith this way but two that there are people that honestly probably would be okay with us living in a world like this and like wanting to control like women this way or like control finances this way or like whatever but now I'm at a point where it's like I like in a way that it makes me think like that because it makes you just realize like what you would put up with and what you wouldn't so even if they're putting it in the context of like we're putting kids in this arena to kill each other because you need to remember your place I think that in a way it's like okay so these are the warning signs of like what you need to pay attention for and like it freaks me out this is why you need to be active and like vocal and go vote vote in local elections and remember that those rights are things we don't need to take for granted so I get it because I'm an overthinker too but I think that's why I like reading books like that I cannot um, Brave New World's just creepy. I'm not a fan. A lot of people like that one, too. Oh, There's Divergent like, is, like, the other series that I was thinking of. Oh, yeah. That I didn't like that a lot of people did. That one didn't... That one's not as, like, extreme, I feel like, as The Hunger Games and stuff. I just feel like it's because the book is not well like rounded out by the end the first one was really good i loved the first yeah. one but the next two are not that great sorry guys we got off on sorry. a tangent about dystopian societies I promise guys this is a lot less of a downer this one is a good upper what is your favorite classic book like you know what i'm talking everything everyone knows what i'm saying when i say classic <laughs> book like grapes of wrath pride and prejudice this goes out to my ninth grade honors english teacher Ms. carol killabrew if you ever find this i just want you to know that my favorite <laughs> classic book is pride and prejudice i oh. had to read this in the ninth grade I hated it I would go into her class every day and be like Miss Killaroo I do not know what I just read I do not understand we're talking about the estate of a house for 40 pages and I just don't understand the historical context it's British of this. literature too yes. which is another and I remember her telling me Allison here's what I'm going to tell you go read spark notes after you read yeah. and just don't tell me yes. and then it'll help you understand and I That's said okay great advice yes. the first time you read any British <laughs> yeah. literature if you have never read Britlet before go read spark notes because yes. you will get everything so much more or and then honestly read it again without spark watch the movie watch the yeah. Kira Knightley movie because it's close enough to the real thing where it's like okay once you watch the movie or you watch it the, makes um, so much more sense. the BBC show yeah, the one with, with Colin, Colin Firth, Firth 
it helps make the book make sense because sometimes you're reading this and you don't realize it's a joke like something's supposed to be a joke but then you yes. see it play out and then you go back and read it it's so, so much more like humorous yes than you, you think know. it is so i read it a couple years ago and now it's one of those books where i really want to get a nice copy of it and i want to reread it every year yeah. like christmas because i think that it is such a good book and it's such a poke of the way women were treated in old English society and just as being property yeah. and like what you're worth versus like what you can put up with. I just think that it's a very good book for the time that it came out and I wish that I had appreciated it in its time, but I'm glad that I appreciate it now. So like, yeah, if you're one of those people who doesn't love to read or you don't necessarily want to read old Brit- British literature, I can't speak, the Keira Knightley one is on Netflix so yeah. I would recommend watching that. Oh my that. gosh, it's so good. Or it's my the BBC movie. one. It is good. The BBC show, which is more, it is literally the book. Like the movie can't yeah. encompass all the things in I the think book. The movie is But better, the show though. does have like, it's like basically scene for scene from the book and it's like six episodes. It's on Amazon. Yeah. I think the casting in the BBC show is what gets me. I just don't like those people as the characters. Oh, I do. See, I love Kara Knightley, but when she giggles. <laughs> and yeah. Lizzie is not that giggly. That is the only thing I don't like about it, but it yeah. is a really good movie. What, what is yours? So that book for me, like you mentioned, you want a really nice copy of it and read it every year at Christmas. That is Anne of Green Gables for me. So I have a, the like beautiful copy of Anne of Green Gables because... I don't know why, but that is, you know, as young adult as it gets, that's literally a children's book, basically, and I could read it every year fresh and new again and be absolutely obsessed with it, and I didn't, I mean, I read it for the first time in college, so it's not like, I watched the Mm -hmm. movies when I was in middle school, but... It, I got obsessed with it way after, you know, the target demographic for it was. But me and Preston actually even booked a vacation to Nova Scotia so that we could go to Prince Edward Island. And we had to cancel it because of COVID. But I am that obsessed with Anne of Green Gables. But I didn't really know if that counted as a classic just because it is I think like a so. children's book, basically. But yeah. A children's book can still be a classic. Like yeah. uh, Charlotte's Web, that's a classic. That's true. That's true. So maybe me and Allison will post pictures of our Anne of Green Gables and Little Women copies that are really beautiful so you guys can see because I think you will want to collect books like this too because we both do now. Favorite and least favorite book to movie translation. Okay, so I had to do a little bit of research on this last night because one of my least favorite uh, movie or crossovers is the lightning thief which is the Percy Jackson series. I remember seeing this in theaters and being upset as like a middle school child because if you've read the lightning thief you have like percy and then you have annabeth who are basically the main two in the whole story and then you have grover too and with percy and grover everything was fine but annabeth in the book over and over again is described as having like blonde hair gray eyes because she's the daughter of athena like that is a that's a description that matters like some things i don't think it matters but when it's a kid's book like that and you say it over and over again i think it's important and so they put a girl with like long brown hair blue eyes then you have like the bully in the first book which is a very integral part it it doesn't exist in the movie like there's just a lot of plot points that they didn't get and i get that it's a story with a lot of like components and a lot of cgi they were gonna have to do but i feel like they cut out things that were really important yeah and then the series just never thrived and so 
I just feel like that one's not a good adaptation, but I'm excited because Disney Plus has rights to create a show. Skylar was telling me about that. And I think that, and Rick Riordan, who's the author of these books, is like working on it with them. And I think Disney having it will make it better because it's a book for middle schoolers. So like they need to get middle school kids who are not already established to do this series and make it something that the kids who read those books can be excited about because it just, I just felt like the movie didn't do it justice. And then the sequel, they'd made the second movie, but then they just were not good i have high hopes that they could get a cast kind of like the first season of stranger things cast yeah like exactly they, they pick these kids who are going to become icons not someone generation. who already is something yes because i mean the kids in this are like 12 like don't get yes. an 18 year old that has abs and biceps we're Do not getting do our that. hopes up for a stranger things <laughs> cast and they're probably going to let us down so sorry about that guys and then another one that i remember so I have to preface this by saying I love these movies, but I remember being disappointed with The Hunger Games when it first came out, not because it's not a very well-made movie, but because The Hunger Games book is so much of Katniss's internal dialogue, and that just doesn't translate, it didn't translate on screen, because literally a third of the book, she's in The Hunger Games by herself having to figure out how to survive, and it's just her thinking and like trying to figure out what's going on in the first movie. I think it does a good job of trying to bridge that gap, but it's basically... It just missed something that I think the book did so well, but I think they made up for it with uh, Catching Fire and Mockingjay. I think that they those two were really good because she's not alone, so she has people to talk to. So I just remember being disappointed with that, but I still will say that I think The Hunger Games is an amazing movie. Catching Fire is one of the only examples I can think of in literature where the sequel and the movie sequel are better than yeah. the first one. So awesome. And then my favorite is hard for me to come up with one, but I do think the Greta Gerwig version of Little Women because I can't even finish Little Women and I think the Greta Gerwig movie is amazing. It's a comfort movie. And then Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. It is just as good as the book. I think it does such a good job. It's fun. It's got high stakes. It's got risk and reward and like death and intrigue. It's just really good. Yeah. And romance. Great. Okay, so I'm probably going to catch so much hate for this. I agree with Little Women completely. That's Mm -hmm. probably the best. And this kind of feels like a satirical answer, but not at all. But I think that my favorite book to movie translation is honestly Twilight. They actually, if you are just being 100% honest with yourself, those movies are a great translation of the book. They are almost better than the book. I'm going to be 100% honest with you. I do not remember them. The movie? I do not watch them. I have no recollection. I read the book in the fifth grade, which is why I wanted to reread it for the book club so that I could just subjective, subjectively look at it and critique it as an adult. So You're going to critique it hard, but it's like not supposed <laughs> to be a great book, kind of. It is what it is. But just the blue cast on everything and the <laughs> casting is so good that baseball scene the color is grading iconic. i know yes the casting is so great i don't know they just did such a good job translating it to the movie for me and i equally enjoy the book and the movie which is not something that i say for many other movie and book translations so give me all the hate you want but i am a twilight <laughs> stan for life who knows maybe once i reread it i'll be one too you probably won't <laughs> i probably won't. you're not supposed it's not supposed to be great and i think i can see it for what it is lauren what is your favorite format to read in as far as books I love a good audiobook, honestly, because you can get so much. I'm a big multitasker. I've talked about this on the podcast before, I think, but I love to listen to an audiobook at two times speed and just play it while I'm doing everything because it really helps me up how much I get to read in a month. And I, I feel like I get so many new 
and exciting stories that way, but you have to pick the right audiobook. So I'll leave a few below of the best audiobooks, just not even the best in my opinion, like the best that everyone would say. The Dutch House by Ann Patchett. It's not it's narrated. That is the only audiobook I have ever read. It's and narrated I didn't by Tom like Hanks. it, but I liked Tom Hanks talking to me. Also thought the protagonist was a girl for about three chapters. And Lauren said, Did you not get clued in that Tom Hanks was reading it and that it was a guy? And I said, No, Lauren, I didn't think about it that much. And also <laughs> the Daisy Jones and the Six, that is the best audiobook ever because it's about a band and each band member has a different voice. And I just oh, think cool. if you're reading it flat out, you're not not gonna get the same experience because the voice actors have the voice that the band member is supposed to have and like what they're known for as their singing voice the band members have it so it's so good after I finished it I wanted to look up does this book have a soundtrack I need to know if they actually made these songs but it's supposed to be turning into a movie with a soundtrack so fingers crossed I'll link those below what okay. about you well I'm a traditional I like hard like the physical book the best I do have a kindle and I read on it sometimes but I go through phases it's just more of a I like it for at night when I want to read and be like laying down with the covers and up it's easier and to it's hold. backlit yeah but I my favorite way is still a physical book because I like the monitoring of your progress where you can like see how much you've read yeah. um and also just a good there are some books where you get a good book in your hands and it just feels right it transports you somewhere like the cover it makes you want to read more i know you're not supposed to judge a book by its cover but i will literally go to the bookstore and i can pick things up because of the cover and it makes me want to read it but i will say i have a knox county library card and i just discovered like last summer Skylar was like why don't you read the library books on your kindle and i thought can you even do that? So after I figured that out, that has been a game changer for me because it's so much better just for those library books mm-hmm. that sometimes I really have wanted for a couple months. Sometimes they're just random that I can read them on my Kindle and not have to like have them take up space because I don't buy books often. And sometimes mm-hmm. the hindrance for me is I don't want to have to store them. Yeah, I would say too, it's a good like economic option because yeah. books can be expensive, but if you get a library card, yeah. As long as you're okay to wait on a wait list for a popular Which book. Which I am. Like, that's a great option for you to use. If I lived yeah. closer to the library like you do, I would. Um, and two, that's kind of how I am. I will do stuff on my Kindle if I know it's something that I'm probably not going to want to yeah. keep. because it's cheaper yeah. and then you don't have it laying around. All right. Well, guys, we're down to our last question, which is, Lauren, what is a series that you wish more people knew about? Okay, so... I feel like this series actually is pretty well known, but I just still think more people should read it. And I think it technically is young adult, but I think more adults should read it. And it's the American Royal series. I just think that is so good. It's probably because I love anything to do with like aristocracy, but it's kind of what America would be like. It's America reimagined as if George Washington had decided to become a king when people asked him to instead of just to become a president and quit, you know, after eight years. So that is my favorite. And you've probably seen it around before, but if you haven't read it yet, do it. Well, mine is very fitting to my genre that I love, but it is the Frontline series by Michael Grant, which is kind of one of those I said was young adult, but I think it skews older. But basically it's a retelling of girls enlisting in world war ii as if girls had the chance to enter the draft or like you know we 
basically would have been like fighting on the front lines yeah. rather than just being on the home front. Um, and I think it's interesting because one of the girls is just kind of like your typical Midwestern girl. One is a young black girl and the other one is a Jewish immigrant. And so all three of them are, wow. they sign up to join. And so you're reading about what the climate would have been like for women in the 1940s as it was, but just as if they could go and enlist. And it talks about them like going overseas, fighting. One of them is an intelligence officer. The other two are actually fighting. And it is one of those things that really made me think. But I think that if you like books like this that make you look at something through a different lens, this is a great choice. Then if there's another one, if you just kind of want to read something fantastical that does not have a lot of stakes in it, I would recommend the Shadow and Bone trilogy by Leah Bardugo. So if you are big on booktube, there's like a summer where I watch booktube videos what all the time. It's just YouTube for book, book people. I like bookstagram. Oh yeah. It's basically okay. a lot of those people are but the videos. same. Yes. And they would just recommend stuff because this is when I was trying to figure out what do I read because I've missed so many books over the last couple years. And so many people love them. I didn't love them I felt like they were a little lacking but as far as like a fantasy series it's fun but the reason I'm recommending it is it's going to be a Netflix series so the whole premise of it is like there's the shadow fold over this country and there are these people called the Grisha or Grisha I don't know how you say it but they have like magic powers and they're trained to fight it and so this girl's kind of like the young prodigy so you've got that Harry Potter like the chosen one trope and then there's magic but then there's romance but it's like forbidden and like I just feel like it would be a good thing to catch up on before that that. show comes out shadow and bone yes shadow and bone by lee bardugo i'm gonna write i'm gonna add that to my goodreads account Mm -hmm. which if you are not on goodreads you should it took me a long time to get into it Mm -hmm. and now i'm on there every day like i'm on facebook it's like social media for book lovers because you can just see what other people are reading and update your progress but i actually will get book recommendations on there or if i see someone has read something that i've read i'll go like it or comment on their thing and say oh i really like this and you can also if you're not sure about if you're one of those people like lauren and i who you like to think about before you buy a book because it is a money investment you can get a lot of good reviews and get a good gauge of how a book is perceived by other people before you buy something and for our book club it's so nice to be able to see where we're all at Mm -hmm. in the book because you can kind of keep up with like okay we're all almost finished let's schedule yeah the book because lauren reading. i can see that i was 20 percent ahead of her so i had to keep going so i could finish one it book does before motivate her you to read more yeah <laughs> and if you're not obsessed with it at first i wasn't either but you'll slowly figure it out yeah all right guys that is it for our first book club episode hopefully you got a lot of good recommendations lauren and i talked about it in the middle of this episode um a sidebar that is not going to be included but i'm just letting you know about the sidebar that we're gonna go in and our uh notes for the show and put these genres with the titles that we recommended so if you were looking for something to read or you want to just look up like the goodreads summary of it or whatever that'll be down below lauren will do all that hard work so thank you in advance for that lauren i got you guys um but before we leave you know we have to do our one of the week um so just another explanation if you're new around here the one of the week is the title of our favorite thing that we do like a lot of shows do but the one is paying respect to taylor swift's album uh folklore where she grammy says her grammy her grammy album of the year the one so we are picking our one favorite thing of the week but i joked with lauren and i was like we should have an exile of the week which is also a track title on folklore um which Let's is like my least favorite thing of the week which is march madness so guys every year i love march madness i loved watching basketball with my brother in our basement watching teams upset other teams but you know it's not fun being a team that's upset on the first day and my bracket was already ruined before the first day even started because i picked um lauren do you understand how the bracket yeah like, 
initially works. So there's like four playing yes. teams on the men's side. So it's like before the round of 64 they have starts. To play in. There's four teams or there's four games where teams have to beat another team. If they're team. not automatically in it. Yes, before they can be like in the round of 64 before things like officially get started. I picked Michigan State to they upset someone in. in the first round and they didn't get in because every year in my bracket I picked the Ivy League team to upset in the first round, but the Ivy League didn't play this year, so I couldn't go with my routine upset and so it ruined my bracket. Um, also Tennessee lost and we're not really going to talk about it because I'm still grieving. So <laughs> that's my uh, my big no for the week. Do you even have one? Because I just kind of sprung this on you. <laughs> okay, I guess the only one that I could say is I need my bangs cut so bad and person. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know if you have bangs, you're going to relate. But if you need them cut, it almost like ruins everything in your life because it's just this constant annoyance in your life if your bangs are too long. So hopefully by the time this episode comes out, I will have scheduled an appointment to get my bangs cut. That's hopefully all I'm going to say. So our, our big nose of the week are March Madness and then Lauren's uh, bangs. Lauren, bang maintenance. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so now for our favorite thing of the week. What is your one of the week this week, Lauren? Okay. Well, if my voice sounds any different today, it is because I am now a vaccinated girl. Why would your voice sound different? <laughs> I mean, it just changes everything about you as a person, you know, if you're all of okay. a sudden, you know, immune to COVID. No, but me and Preston actually got vaccinated yesterday, and my no of the week could have been how sore my arm is. It's seriously so bad. I took a Tylenol right before we recorded this episode, and it feels better, but when we were about to record, I was taking my sweatshirt off, and I literally, it took the breath out of me. It felt so bad, but it's so worth it, and just you know, knowing that I have it off my plate, and like I don't have to be scared of getting, which not that I was terrified of getting COVID or anything, but you don't have to think about it now. I just don't have to think about it anymore, really. And that just feels so nice, and it feels so hopeful, I think. So that was why I was saying my voice yeah. could sound different. It's, like, hopeful. The more people who can get it, the closer we are to being able to kind yes. of, like return to there, some it more It feels normalcy. like a lie at the end of the tunnel mm-hmm. now, where before this whole year, it's felt like we were never going to get out of this. Yeah, because I'm not vaccinated. I probably won't be for a while, but knowing that I do – because I have to go shoot athletic competitions, like, for the safety of the athletes, they have people who are in close contact with them tested through the university so I'm tested pretty often so it's like knowing having that is just kind of a like a security I guess as far as like I don't worry about getting other people sick I'm not so worried about it myself but I would be more worried about carrying it yeah exactly okay my one of the week this week we can't go an episode where I don't talk about something related to Korea my new favorite place in the country I mean in the world (laughs) not the country Um, but I have not officially finished the show yet but my one of the week is the K-drama Crash Landing on You on Netflix so I told Zari my roommate and fellow K-pop and K-drama stan that I would watch one I was like okay you've gotten me to watch all this stuff I will watch one so I I picked this because I saw it it sounded interesting the whole premise is it's like a South Korean executive accidentally gets stuck in North Korea and she has to figure out how to get back home Um, and I just thought that sounded really interesting because North Korea is this kind of crazy place that we don't know a ton about so I was like I want to watch this show it is so good the characters are amazing it's got a slow burn romance that will just like tear your heart out i finished the 13th of the 16 episodes last night and i was crying like a baby my plan today is to finish it and guys when i tell you the way that these shows are so the first episode is a little weird because it's like this feels really dramatic this doesn't seem realistic but then once you get into it after that first episode because zari said the same thing she was like the first episode i thought was weird but once you get past that 
it is so good it's shot really well the costumes the scenery are amazing they literally got defectors from north korea to help with the like this is how things actually are there so it feels very realistic yeah but then the like the love and then the, like there's high stakes and there's like murder and think, secret would plots would Preston like it too probably okay. like i we genuinely think next. he would love we it need a new show and the thing that's crazy about it is each of these episodes uh, from what I understand, a lot of K-dramas are just meant to run one season, and they're usually 12 to, like, 16 it's episodes like a limited or something series like that. that we've yes. just started doing. The back half of this is, every episode is, like, an hour and 20 minutes to two hours. So it's oh like you're gosh. watching a movie every night. But that's why I think the character development is so good, because you get to spend so much time with the characters. Yeah. So I recommend it. I know that it's one of those things that if you don't watch things with captions, you're probably like, I'm not going to watch that. I promise if you get through an episode, you will probably forget about the captioning thing and you won't even think about it. Because I think that's my one concern. Sometimes before I would watch things with captions, it was like, but how uh, am I going to pay attention yeah. to what's happening? But it's really not hard. After like 20 minutes, you get used to it. So Crash Landing on You, it's on Netflix. It is so good. I can't believe that I'm recommending this either, but just like, just watch it. It is so, so, so good. I'm excited. I'm going to watch it. You'll have to let me know your thoughts if you do. Okay. All right, everybody. That is it for our book club episode. Thank Woo! you for hanging out with us. Make sure to follow along with us on Instagram and Twitter. Rate and review us, hopefully five stars on Apple Podcasts. And then share us with someone you love, whether that's on social media, by text, or in person. We will see you here next week with a new episode. And in the meantime, we hope this podcast reminds you it's nice to have a friend. Bye, everybody. Bye.